0: Today I want to talk to you about the subject of honor H O N O R. So if you have your Bible open it please to page 245, 1 Samuel chapter 2. And I want us to begin there today. I want us to look at a verse. In fact, it's not even an entire verse, it's just part of a verse towards the end of verse number 30 in 1 Samuel chapter 2. So find that verse, 1 Samuel 2:30. And go to the bottom of the verse, and we're going to be looking at the phrase, not the last phrase in the verse, but actually the next to the last phrase in the verse. And God is the one speaking here, and notice what he says. For those who honor me, I will honor. Now, I quote that verse a lot, but I never had done a whole sermon. Those who honor me, I will honor. Say that with me. Those who honor me, I will honor. Now, this is a biblical principle. It is a truth that if in our lives we will honor God, then he in turn will honor us. And so the million-dollar question is, what does it mean to honor God? What does that word honor mean? Well, it's, an, it's a verb, obviously, Honor those, those who honor me, but it comes from a Hebrew noun pronounced kabod, and, but the verb form is with an e, kabed, and it literally means to give weight to, to make heavy. The idea is to show that something is important. For example, you have a friend and that friend wants to talk to you. And so you look that friend in the eye and you give that friend your full attention. What are you doing in that moment? You are saying to your friend, you're important to me. What you're saying, what you're going through matters to me. And so you're giving weight to that. You're, You're making that heavy in that sense. And you're making that very important. Now, God says, if in our lives, We will honor him if we, by our actions, by how we treat others, by how we live our lives, if we will honor God, he in turn will honor us. If we demonstrate to God that he is important to us, he will demonstrate to us that we Are important to Him. And so as we think about that, we think naturally about what are some practical ways that we can honor God. I wanna mention just three very quickly, and then I wanna develop the third one of those ways a little more fully. But first of all, we honor God, we show God that He is important by serving Him. Anytime you serve God, like even today at the Tuesday Bible Lunch, a lot of you, a good number of you, got here early, you got the tables ready. Put the, somebody had to put the Bibles on the table, put the silverware on the tables. Uh, pe- people got here very early this morning to do what most of us don't even, we take it for granted. But in doing that, what were they really doing? They were serving God. Now, it's a, it's, they're serving God in a behind-the-scenes way. So I personally think when we get to heaven, their reward will be even greater. Because sometimes we're serving the Lord. Like right now, I'm trying to serve the Lord. But it's in, a, it's in more of a public It's been more of a public way. I just think when we get to heaven, the people who have done things behind the scenes are gonna be rewarded by God in an extra special way because they didn't get the accolades on earth because nobody really knew what they did. Now, in John chapter 12, I think we have this verse, and verse number 26, notice what Jesus said. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. But then keep reading. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And so if your life is devoted to serving God, whether it's in a public way, a private way, however it is God's called you to do it, you're honoring God. And God's, Jesus said here, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. We see the principle. If we honor God, God in turn will honor us back. So we honor God by serving him. Another way that we honor God, now we don't talk about this much, at the Tuesday Bible lunch, but we honor God by tithing. Now, don't get nervous. We're not going to pass the plate today and start collecting money. But go to the book of Proverbs. I imagine, I don't know the page, but I think you can probably find Proverbs kind of in the middle of the Bible. And in Proverbs chapter 3, we get this principle about tithing. And uh, it's something very practical, something we can do. I heard a preacher this morning uh, in a little devotional uh, on, I've just looked him up. He does a little one-minute uh, tweet every day, a video tweet. And he today was talking about tithing, and it tied into this point. Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 9. Notice how it begins. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So we honor God by giving him the first part of whatever we make. In other places in the Bible, it's taught to be a tenth. If a person makes $100 a week. They give God $10 on Sunday. Make $1,000 a week, they give God $100 on Sunday. Make $10,000 a week, you give God $1,000 on Sunday, and you invite me to lunch. If you're making that kind of money, right? Because that's a lot. But notice what it says Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. You give your tithes to God, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats, that's just a big place to hold liquid, will overflow with new. Wine. Their principle is, is, all, is, is right there again. If you honor God with your money, you give God the first tenth, he will honor you financially. Doesn't mean he's going to make you a millionaire. Doesn't mean that he's going to make you rich. But it means that he will honor it. Those who honor me, I will honor. How do we honor God? We honor God by serving. We honor God by tithing. But the thing I really want us to think about, because I think we all already knew that, but something that we might not think as much about One of the ways that we honor God is by honoring other people. When you honor other people, you are honoring God. Now, let me just mention a couple of categories of people that we are to honor. First of all, the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, we read that we are to honor our parents. Now, I know many of you are thinking, well, my parents have been in heaven for a long time. How can I honor them now? You honor them now by the way you live your life. You honor their name. You you honor the fact that you're their child, no matter how old you are or how long they may have been gone. But look at this verse in the Ten Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. So that's our part. We honor our parents. Notice what God says. That your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody who honors their parents is going to live to be 90 or 100 years old. But it means. I mean, it's what it here's what it says. That doesn't necessarily mean that every case is going to be like that. It's kind of like when we read the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is not the book of promises. Proverbs is general principles that, when generally applied, yield a specific result. For example, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from that." That's a principle. But the reason that doesn't always happen is because the child has a free will. And so if the child chooses to go contrary to how the child was taught then the child's not going to go on the right path. But the principle remains, in most cases, generally speaking, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he will not depart from it. Well, the idea is the same here, that if we honor our parents, God's going to bless us, and many times he's blessing us by lengthening our lives and by giving us a longer life than we would have had. Now, another group of people that we can honor, not just our parents, but we can honor uh, those who are in authority over us, governmental officials. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 13. This is interesting to me, anyway, in the day in which we live, in which there's so much dishonor and disrespect for everybody or or from, from some people towards people in a position of authority. They don't respect the principal, the teacher, the coach. They don't respect the political leader. They don't respect the policeman. And the Bible says that we are to respect those who are in authority over us. Romans chapter 13, and in verse number 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And so if you rebel against governmental authorities... God says you're dishonoring him, and it says here that they're bringing judgment on themselves. So the principle works both ways. If we honor God, God will honor us. If we dishonor God, God will bring us under judgment. He will bring judgment on to us. And here he's talking about governmental officials. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. We might say today, he does not carry or she does not carry that gun in vain. For they, he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. And so if you have an an attitude towards people in position of authority, whether it's the president, the Congress, the the governor, the mayor, the policeman, the FBI, the CIA, whoever whoever are the governing authorities, that doesn't mean that everything they do is right. That doesn't mean that we always agree with them, but we are respecting and commanded to respect their position of authority. And if we don't, not only have we sinned, but we have defiled our own conscience. Now look in verse 6. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom Customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. And so, I think we know this, but it's probably a good word. I think it's a timely word in what's happened in our country the last, you know, few years. We've just seen so much disrespect. I believe it started with the police, and then it's just kind of expanded to all authorities. Folks, I don't know about you, I'm thankful for the police, I'm thankful for the fact that they protect us and they serve us, and we, we honor them. You know, one thing here at First Baptist we have done for years, Charlie Matthews started this back at the old location. Uh, if you're a police officer, you eat free at the Tuesday Bible Lunch, and that's not a big deal. That's not going nobody can retire uh, not having to pay for their, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a small way. For the church to say, we honor those who are in a position of authority over us. And it would be the fireman, again, the principal, the teacher, the coach, the political leaders that we have. We honor them. And when we honor them, we're honoring God. And when we honor God, he in turn is going to honor us. And so uh, I think it's very important. And then we think about who are we supposed to honor. We honor our parents. We honor the people in authority over us. And we're really supposed to honor everybody. We're supposed to honor all people. Now, look at this verse in 1 Peter chapter 2. It's just, it just says it just so plainly. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Now, when it says honor the king, that doesn't mean anything to us because we don't live in a place where there's a king. We live in a place where there's a president and these other leaders. But back in Bible times, when Peter said honor the king... He was talking about the king of Rome. He was talking about a wicked leader. He was talking about a man who would have him, have Peter, beheaded. And so what did Peter say? Did he say overthrow the king? (laughs) No. Did he say take down the king? No. He said honor the king. That doesn't mean that everything the king does is right, but he is the king. And as we've said before, we honor the government authorities unless they ask us or command us to do something, if they singularly call out Christians and ask us not to, to, for example, share the name of Christ or say the name of Jesus, well, we can't go that far. But we nonetheless honor that the king in that day did that, by the way. That's what that king in Rome, Caesar, did that. There's, you know, he wouldn't let them say Jesus is Lord because he thought he was Lord. That's what he was saying. And yet Peter writes this letter and says, honor this man who's about to have me killed. That is honor his position, respect his position. Certainly you don't sacrifice your faith and nobody thinks that that's what I'm saying. But nonetheless, we are told to honor all people, whether they're above us, equal to us, If there's a flow chart, and on the flow chart they're below us, I mean, if you say it that way, but it doesn't make any difference. We are to honor all people. Now, if we will honor God, he will honor us. Now, you're in Proverbs. I think you're still in Proverbs. Go back to Psalm 91, just a few pages back, because I want to show you three verses here that tell us one of the ways that God will honor us if we will honor him. In Psalm 91, which is one of the greatest psalms in all the Bible, it, down in, this is the psalm that begins, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In verse 11 it says, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. This is my mother's favorite psalm. Well, when we come to Psalm uh, 91 verse 14, notice what it says. "'Because he has set his love upon me.'" Now, God is speaking, and God is talking about this person now who has set his love upon him. God said, "'Therefore, I will deliver him. "'I will set him on high, because he has known my name. "'He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. "'I will be with him in trouble. "'I will deliver him.'" Now, watch this, "'and honor him. "'With long life, I will satisfy him "'and show him my salvation.'" And so, God says it again here, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. Now, you still listen, say amen, because we've just been scooting right through some stuff. If you have, have a television, and I know all of you do, and you have been watching anything on the TV since last Thursday, you know, now I didn't turn the TV on yesterday, but through, through, up until yesterday anyway, the news was dominated by the death of Queen Elizabeth. And it has been fascinating to me. I I finished my work on Friday and got all cleaned up and sat down to eat dinner about 8 o'clock Friday night. And turned the TV on. I put it on ABC 2020. And they had what I thought was a one-hour documentary on the life of Queen Elizabeth. Well, it ended up being a two-hour documentary. And had I known it was going to be that long, I probably never would have started with it. But it was so good, I stayed with it for the whole two hours. And in that documentary, in addition to some other things that I have read about Queen Elizabeth, I have been blessed to learn about her faith. And I mentioned this on Sunday. And I want to come back to it and and say just a bit more about it today. Uh, She frequently talked about her faith and how much she relied as the queen now, on Jesus Christ, the king of kings. And if you've read anything about uh, the queen's life, you know about her deep faith. She said, and this is a quote I read Sunday. She said, Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, which is true, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, Neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with power to forgive. It is my prayer that on this Christmas day, this was her Christmas message in 2011, we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ our Lord. Now, that was the queen uh, on Christmas day. And she said on another message back in 2002, I know how, I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. Like others of you who draw inspiration from your faith, I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. And so the queen, and I could go on and on and just read these quotes. And this this article that I was reading last night is talking specifically about the friendship she had with Billy Graham. And their friendship spanned 60 years. And they met together in England and they met together in the United States. And uh, Franklin Graham, who wrote this article, said, "...throughout the decades..." My father rarely shared much about their meetings. When asked, he would respond, Good manners do not permit one to discuss the details of a private visit with Her Majesty. And so Billy Graham, now the ultimate gentleman, she, the ultimate lady, and they let those conversations be private. But he did say this I can say that I judge her to be a woman of rare modesty and character. And so the queen obviously had a deep love for the Lord. One of my, uh, there's a lot more I could read there. One of my, uh, one of the most moving scenes of the queen to me was, was shown back in a year, little over a year and a half, about a year and a half ago when her husband, Prince Philip died. And they had his funeral and it was in the midst of all the COVID mess. And people were being asked to wear masks. And in England at that time, they could only have 30 people at a funeral. And the government said to the queen, they said, your majesty, we'll be glad to change those restrictions for your family. And you can have however many people you want to come to the service. And she said, no. This, was, this, is, this is what I'm saying. She was a lady. She said, no, we're not changing the rules for me. We're asking the country to do what we're doing. We're not going to make an exception for my family. But they showed a picture of, of, of the queen and her family there in the chapel, I believe it was, well, I can't remember the name of the chapel, but they showed the chapel there, and she's on a pew, and she's all by herself, and she has her mask on. She doesn't have her son or any of her kids next to her, no grand, she's all by her- And I just remember looking at that, and I thought, this is so sad, the queen is all by herself. And then I read these quotes, and I began to learn more about her faith in Jesus, and I thought, you know what? The reason that behind that mask, you could see peace in the queen's eyes is because she knew that she wasn't alone. She knew that Jesus Christ was right there with her. Amen? And so it's just been a blessing. Now, we, we think about the queen. 96 years that she lived. She was on the throne for over 70 years. And so I think we could say this. With her faith, she honored God. And in turn, God honored and I want to be clear on this point about living long. There have been many Christians in Bible times. James, for example, the brother of John, who was killed for his faith at an early age. Uh, Jim Elliott, the missionary to the Alka Indians, killed, and in I think he was 25. Oswald Chambers died of complications from an appendicitis rupture when he was, I believe, 43. Jesus was only 33. So, I mean, not everybody's going to live, but I'm saying many times... If a person honors God, God will honor that person. And one of the ways that God will honor that person is with a long life. Psalm ninety-one sixteen. With long life. I have a friend. She'd be 89 in October. And she says every time she's driving through Houston and she sees a cemetery, she quotes that verse out loud. With long life, God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. And he certainly has done that. But I got to thinking something else. And I mentioned this Sunday, and I want to just spend my last two minutes today wrapping up on this. But something I did not know is that, do you remember the little song we learned when we were in grade school? My country tis of thee. You remember that song? If you were at First Baptist on Sunday, you know I said this. But do you remember the tune to that song? Let's see if I can get this right in my mind. I can't sing well. I'm, somebody said, I'm like a, uh, a prison singer. I'm, a, I'm behind two bars and I've lost the key. <laughs> it's like, I'm like the guy that said, I can carry a tune in a bucket, I just can't get it out of the bucket. So that's how I feel. Let's see, if we can, let's see if we can, let me start it. Let me do the first part. And if I'm anywhere on the right pitch, you join me for the rest. You ready? My country tis of the sweet land of liberty, Of the I sing. Now, what I had forgotten or either never knew, that tune was taken from the British national anthem. And so if you're ever watching a sporting event in any part of Britain and they play their national anthem, that's the tune you're going to hear, except here are the words. I'm just going to sing the first little part God save our gracious Queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Now think about this. For the last 70 years, at every sporting event in Britain, at every political gathering in Britain, anytime we would sing our national anthem in America, that's when they <laughs> sing their national anthem there. And for over 70 years... The people of Britain, this, the beautiful thing about this national anthem, it is a prayer. The, the, this thing is, a, the, the song is a prayer to God. Now, I'm sure it's like our national anthem. Sometimes you might be at Minute Maid Park and it's a national anthem and you look around and people aren't do, singing it and they're not paying attention and we all should and put our hand on our heart and sing the national anthem, but sometimes our mind is wandering and I'm sure that happens there, but if a person meant this when they sang this, That would mean that for over 70 years, they've been saying this to God in song, but it's a prayer. God save our gracious queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Send her victorious, happy and glorious, long to reign over us. God save the queen. You see, this song honors God. And I believe one of the reasons the queen lived so long is he answered the prayer of the British national anthem. Verse 2, O Lord, our God, arise, scatter her enemies and make them fall. Confound their politics, frustrate their knavish tricks. On thee our hopes we fix. Listen to this in the anthem, God, save us all. The people in the singing of the song, they're they're pleading for God for mercy in their own lives. Thy choicest gifts in store. on her, be pleased to pour. Long may she reign. May she defend our laws and ever give us cause to sing with heart and voice. God save the queen. And as I learned more about that song over the weekend, God save the queen. I can say this, on the authority of God's word and on the authority of her testimony, God did save the queen. He didn't save the queen because they sang that song. He didn't save the queen because they asked God to save the queen. He saved the queen because a long time ago, the queen asked God to save her. And since that day, I'm not saying she's been perfect. None of us are. But since that day, she has sought to honor the Lord. And the Lord honored her, not only with a peaceful reign, pretty much a peaceful reign, but God honored her with a long life. Remember what I started today by saying that verse in Samuel. God said it, those who honor me, I will honor. I encourage you the best you can. We can't all do the same thing and we maybe can't all do what we wish we could do. But as best as you can, honor the Lord with your life and God in turn will honor you. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for this biblical principle It's one of the most important ones in the Bible and one of the most practical ones for us to live out. I pray today in big ways and in small that we would honor you knowing that in your own time and your own way you're going to honor us. Bless everyone, Lord, for taking time out of a busy work schedule and busy other responsibilities to come and join us here. Somehow today, honor them for the time they spent here. Give this hour back to them. Make their afternoon doubly productive is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen.